today on CityCast Madison. There are new high-rises going up all over town, but only one is being built with environmentally friendly mass timber. It's called Baker's Place and it's located on East Wash and South Patterson. The Neutral Project, which bills itself as an eco-friendly real estate developer, is shepherding the 14-story housing project and the company is led by 25-year-old Nate Hellbach. Today we speak to Joyce about why mass timber construction is a big deal and how Hellbach has become a homegrown evangelist for the Wood is Good movement. It's Wednesday, February 21st. I'm Dylan Brogan and here's what Madison's talking about. Jason Joyce, publisher of Isthmus, thank you for joining us on CityCast today. Thank you for having me. So for those who drive down East Wash, a lot of activity, yes. some cranes up. We're talking today specifically about a development um, by the Sylvie and by Breeze. So just first off, what, what is this new development going to be? It's, uh, it's an apartment building, and there are many of them. Um, this, it's on the 800 block, the corner of Patterson and uh, East Wash. And people refer to the building on the corner there as the Gardner Bakery. It has not been the Gardner Bakery in a long, long time. Uh, most recently, it was the Bose Meadery. Uh, people might oh, remember yeah. it from that. Uh, so they were keeping the old structure in place there, I think, at the behest of the neighborhood. And then behind that, they're building an apartment tower. Uh, it'll be It'll top out at 14 stories. Uh, with 200-some units. Wow. Well, that's, that's like the galaxy about that height, right? Exactly. Right. So when you look at it, and if you're driving towards the Capitol, it's on the left side. Correct. It looks a little different because there's like these big, it's made out of wood. Yes. Astonishingly, wood is an innovative uh, material to use to build apartment buildings out of these days. And in fact, uh, prior to uh, the Neutral Project, which is the development company, prior to them, seeking uh you know the proper permitting to build this building you couldn't really do it they they needed to get some code updates and uh actually sort of push madison into allowing this kind of construction to even happen in the first place most buildings this size are built out of steel and concrete and and what are the concerns from the the city side that got addressed i think burn is one of the big ones oh that um, it can light on fire yeah that okay. that you know wood burns and uh now this is a particular type of wood it's called mass timber okay and a lot of people think that means like tree trunks but what it actually means is it's like a, a material that's built by pressing wood together i don't understand the engineering or the architecture of it but you you basically build these big slabs of wood by you know pushing uh you know wood together lumber together and uh, laminating it so it comes off the truck in these big slabs the neutral project is actually working with the usda forest products lab located right here in madison to prove some of their theories about you know, indeed, the difference between how it burns versus how uh, other building materials like drywall burn. So it's some sort of l like laminate that they're putting this together exactly, with. Right. right. But it's not like that wood where it's like just sawdust and glue. It's a little bit stronger. Yeah. Cross laminated timber is okay. the, the product that they use for the floors. So if you walk by the building today and look up, you can see it. it's wood. Those floors are wood. Um, 
floors and ceilings are wood. So that's uh, cross-laminated timber, CLT. And then many of the beams use a technology called glue lam, which is also mm. a similar laminated material. Interesting just because it's normally like cement. The it's infrastructure the, of the building yeah. are these big steel beams um, as well. And you can see some of that in the, um, the photos that, that accompany the story in Isthmus. Um, and you, again, you can see it from the street level. And so the whole point, right, of using this instead of traditional construction material like concrete and steel is that it's supposed to be better for the environment. And so is that why it's being used for this? Um, and it's called Baker's Place. Is that the name of the whole thing? Yeah, Baker's Place is the development. And yeah, the company is called Neutral Project. The idea being that when they build their buildings, they want them to be, the goal is to be carbon neutral. They're not achieving that with this particular uh, development, but they're you know, anywhere between 30 to 40 percent, they say, um, less carbon used in both the construction and operation of the building. So when you use a product like concrete, a great deal of carbon is uh, generated, created by the construction, by the by the building of concrete. Yeah. Are, the process is very detrimental to the environment. Uh versus wood, which stores or sequesters carbon. So it's actually better than carbon neutral. It, it pulls carbon out of, the, out of the environment. So what they're hoping to do is reduce the amount of carbon used in just the, the construction of the building. They refer to that as embodied carbon. And then through operating the actual building, operational carbon, that uh, translates more into uh, the kinds of windows they're using, the way they're insulating the building, uh, materials and ways of operating a building like that. Okay, and uh, some of it is proof of concept here in Madison, because has there been a building like this in the Madison area? No, not in Madison, but Milwaukee actually is sort of a center for this now. There's a building, I think the, the tallest mass timber building in North America is in Milwaukee right now. The neutral project is will be in the process of breaking ground on another mass timber building in Milwaukee that'll be 32 stories. And this month, in fact, this week, they're pitching um, a 50-story mass timber building also for Milwaukee. And that would be the biggest? In that the... would be the biggest in the world. Wow. Right? Okay. So it must not be like that IKEA press board <laughs> stuff. Or... No. Much stronger. And, you know, the other thing that I learned in the course of reporting this story is the architect, Michael Green, the architect of Baker's Place, has designed mass timber buildings for, among other locations, the Google campus. And they have found that living, spending time in a structure that's built using natural materials like wood is healthier for you. Uh, What? Google measures this stuff, as we could all imagine. And so the buildings that they have that make use of mass timber, the people who work in those buildings have fewer sick days. And, you know, companies like like Google measure that stuff pretty closely. They want you at your desk and coding. And uh, if you're sick, they're concerned about that. So that might factor into kind of why this would be an attractive apartment complex. It kind of sounds like it's going to be expensive. It's not going to be cheap to live there. This is not an affordable housing complex for sure. Mm-hmm. They are hoping to, you know, command higher rents by doing exactly what we're talking about, making it a nicer place to live than other apartments downtown. Okay. And then uh, another thing about this Baker's Place development is like 40% of the apartments, they're not going to have a parking structure. 
yes. or parking place to put their car. So yep. is the city cool with that? Is that uh, I mean, in the past, it seems like that would have been a no-go for the city. Yeah, it's a tricky, this is a, a tricky topic that developers first need to address with the neighbors. So uh, they had to get the neighborhood comfortable with that. Now, there aren't many other places to live on that part of East Washington. Yeah. That block, the block next to it, there's been a lot of development there, but very little actual residential. There's hotels in the area and office buildings. So the city has a ramp there, Livingston Street ramp. They're hoping that some of the overflow, you know, people who visit the building, for example, will park in the, in the city ramp there. But their gamble is that young people don't, drive at the same level that you know gen xers like you and me are get out of here gen xer <laughs> and uh they don't own certainly don't own cars at that same level uh true so they have residents of this building will have an app that they can use that will allow them to check out an e-scooter an e-bike or uh the, they'll own three teslas so you can okay. You can check so out that's a like an amenity that you could rent out the building's Tesla. Exactly. Well, that right. kind of makes sense if you want to go to Woodman's or something. Yeah. I mean, again, it's a it's a concept that they're hoping to prove yeah. um, to see if people will actually live like this. But you well, know, and on the BR upcoming BRT line, that is that part of the selling point too. Yeah, BRT. There's a BRT stop right there, right at that intersection of Patterson and East Wash. You do profile kind of the head of the. This development in this new innovative project um, that definitely we haven't seen something like this in Madison. So um, he's 25 years old. Who is this guy? Yeah, Nate Helbach is his name. He's 25. He is from a family that, depending on your per political persuasion, uh, is you know famous or notorious in Madison. Okay. Um, while he was a high school kid, his his mom started the Jesus Lunch program in a park right next to Middleton High School. Oh, I uh, remember that. Attracted some negative attention from the Freedom from Religion Foundation, among others. It, was, it seemed like the pizza might have been a big draw as well as pizza, Jesus. Pizza, subs, yeah. yeah. Kids at Middleton High School enjoyed that. And um, his family also owned a coffee shop in Middleton that uh, made some news during the pandemic when they posted a sign on the door just declaring it a mask-free zone. And that oh. subsequently led to some public health citations. So this family, not a, not afraid to get some attention for their, their values. And you don't really see too often um, religious people speaking so openly about their faith and stuff. But it, it kind of ties back into the environmental nature of this new project that's happening on East Wash. That's what I think, you know, and and... I guess the reason why I thought it was an interesting story to write is when you talk to Nate and members of his family, they're pretty straightforward. Um, they welcome, I think, examination and even criticism of some of what they've done. And Nate is very upfront about saying, you know, I asked him, where does your environmentalism come from? And he's, you know, straight up answered, I, you know, I believe God has made us stewards of this earth. And you know, I've lived in this town for a long time, yeah. been around a lot of environmentalists. You don't hear the Christianity reasoning behind their environmentalism. This mass timber, though, is this is part of the neutral project. That's the name of the whole company, right? The neutral project. Right, right. Do they have other plans for mass timber in Madison? Like, did he give you some ideas of what he'd like to see happen? I think the next big project that the neutral project is interested in is addressing 
the problem of the missing middle in this town, which is basically, you know, if you're if you've got a certain amount of money, you know, maybe two well-paying jobs in a family and enough money for a down payment, you can afford a house. Yeah. Then you have all this this other level that is sort of stuck in the perpetual renting cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, rents are high. They can't save enough money for a down payment. So they're sort of chasing one bedroom apartments around the city. The middle is missing. Yeah. Apartment- Which is a shame, too, because you have people who are paying what ends up almost being a mortgage, a typical or mortgage or more. And but the down payment is in the income level kind of is the barrier. Exactly. So uh, they're working on what they call uh, low-rise apartment buildings, which would be like 15, you know, 10, 15 unit smaller buildings on much smaller lots. They've identified a number of these across the city. They plan on using a lot of their sustainable ideas for constructing and operating those kinds of buildings and uh, attracting renters who are looking to get out of, you know, some of these smaller apartments into larger apartments. And, uh, you know, the other interesting thing is that they've got some ideas about allowing for people who don't have a ton of capital to actually invest in real estate. Hmm. So, again, a lot of this stuff is at the very beginning idea stages. And we'll, as a community, have conversations about, you know, how we want to accommodate that or not. Yeah. And and the East Wash, the Baker's Place development, I mean, that's happening. So the financing is there. So clearly this 25-year-old is... Convince some people that this is worthy investing in. Uh, do we know where how it's being financed exactly? This building? We don't. Although one of his partners um, explained to me that there are over 140 investors in that project, mm. which is significantly more than would normally be involved in a residential apartment tower. He explained to me that it's a lot of paperwork and administration to deal with investors in an apartment building or any real estate development, really, and. Um, their bet is that uh, they can keep up with all that stuff and finance many more real estate projects like this going forward. So when will these new apartments on East Wash be habitable? Tenants? Yeah, because well, right now, I mean, there's space in between. You can see it going up, but, you know, yeah. it's not doesn't look close. No, 2025 is when okay. people will actually be moving in and, and living in, in uh, that building. And any idea just what the rent's going to be? or No idea. They were very uh, close to the vest on that. But um, okay. I would guess that they would be – I mean, he, he took me on a tour of the actual old uh, Gardner Bakery building in the front and explained to me the layout of two apartments that would be going into that building. Pretty nice. Um, yeah. You know, two-floor apartments looking out. You can sit on the veranda and watch the soccer game at Bree Stevens. Um you know, the amenities even just surrounding those buildings are pretty desirable. I think you're across the street from a grocery store. You know, a lot of folks might live and work within those blocks, people who work at places like Google or American Family Insurance. So my guess is they'll be they'll be pretty expensive. And, uh, I mean, just location. I mean, the roof, I'm sure you'll be able to see basically every concert, everything going yeah. on at Bree Stevens, right? They're great. You know, that's the that, that part. For those of us who've lived here for a while, really, that stretch of East Wash, the 800, 900 block, that has completely evolved in the last 10 years, really. It used to be car lots. Now, all of a sudden, it's you know some of Madison's tallest buildings and a lot going on on those blocks. I work on that block every day. It, it's a total transformation. And I think we're, we're learning as a city that a lot of the folks who live there are relative newcomers to the, to the city.
And so when you were interviewing really this whole family, but specifically Nate, I mean, did he talk about affordability? Because I think that uh, the environmental stuff, that's, hey, I, it's cool to see this mass timber stuff. It's nice that Milwaukee is sort of the epicenter of it, and they're doing stuff there too, right? Um, yes. But with Nate, I mean, um, you could see if you were having trouble affording your apartment now or just like giving up on trying to find an affordable home to buy, like yeah. how frustrating this is that they just are, it seems like luxury apartments are the only thing that goes up. So, I mean, do you think one day we'll be able to see like uh, environmentally sustainable buildings that actually address that missing middle, maybe even lower than the missing middle and, and actually help contribute to housing? Or is this maybe a separate conversation than really addressing the housing crisis. In it's, I mean, it depends on who you talk to, and there are many theories about this kind of thing, about how Madison gets its way to seeing more affordable housing. Some folks, you know, who look at the supply side will tell you every unit counts. And if you build a luxury apartment building, people who can afford it will move there, and they will move out of their other apartment building. Mm -hmm. Other people will move into those apartment buildings, and you begin to start to make space at the lower end of rent. We are seeing some developments. Um, the Lutheran Church downtown is about to undergo a process where they build an apartment building, and that, I believe, is 100% affordable units. And they've seen that as a mission for their church to address that problem. But the, the uh, ability to build affordable units is really complicated, and it's based on making use of federal grants in, mm. in Mo yeah, in the oh, most yeah. part. And a lot of real estate developers will tell you, boy, developing affordable housing is a skill in and of itself. And it's tremendously difficult to do in places like downtown Madison, where the real estate itself, the land, the square feet on the ground is so much more expensive than it is you know, farther out on the east side, on the south side, and on the north side. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have a hard time believing it, but so building luxury apartments will help with affordable housing. I mean, that's the theory, at least, that's being floated out there. Yes. This is what some people say. I, you know, I, I don't understand it completely, but I do understand the argument that Madison has a very low vacancy rate right now. Yeah. It's 3% or below. And a city with a healthy rental ecosystem, that vacancy rate really needs to be up above 5%. And so the argument goes, any unit that you build helps address that vacancy rate and takes a little bit of the power out of the hands of the landlord and makes it a little bit easier to see competition between buildings and, you know, rent stabilizing. All right. Well, we'll check out this timber building when it goes up and it's complete. Looking forward to seeing that. Definitely looks interesting. Yeah, it's a it's a commanding looking building for sure. And again, you know, uh, if you're interested in just environmental sustainable innovation, you can walk right by the building right now and see it going up. And it is it looks different from other buildings because you can you can see the wood floors stacking up. Jason Joyce, you should check out his cover story in the latest edition of Isthmus. That's called New Kid on the Block. And it's kind of your quintessential isthmus story about a deep dive into development and affordable housing and the environment so thank you so much jason for being here today thank you that was jason joyce publisher of isthmus newspaper you can read his cover story online or by picking up a paper copy of isthmus at a newsstand near you That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Dylan Brogan. 
If you enjoyed the show, why not share this episode with someone you see in a lumber department? We promise they won't be bored. We'll be back here tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Until then, 